The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show and the Raiders. Defeat the Jaguars, but it's not as far apart as you would think. The Raiders should have really beat these guys. We're going to talk about that and more here on show. Four. Seventy one. Well, Raider fans, I'm going to change this show up just a little bit. You know, I would look on Facebook and I see a lot of the Raider Nation with children that are sick in the hospital, uh, members of the Raider Nation that are sick, injured in the emergency room, or even more critical and dire situations. You know, it, it touches my heart and I just have to do this and I'm going to do this every show uh, regardless of whether I lose listeners or win with listeners. It doesn't matter because that's not the point. The point is I want to say a prayer for the entire Raider Nation, for all those that are hurting, for all those that have ills, for all that, those that have needs. May the Lord himself watch over you, keep you, May you seek his countenance, will you seek his name, may he bless you and keep your family safe. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, Raider fans, on today's show, we will have, well, the stadium's going to be built not so fast. (laughs) Ronnie Lott and company could come to the rescue or not, better be some money. The post game for the Spotted Cats. Yes, the Raiders won the game, but when I start showing you these numbers, you're going to be like, well, okay, we barely won the game, because that's the facts, really. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's going to be a contest we're going to have to hit on, because it's no easy task. Uh, trust me, they are a spastic team that could shellack us for sure. And it's one of those type of games. That and the bone line should wrap up the show. Thanks for listening, folks. I surely love this team. Could this stadium deal be for real? I don't know. Ronnie Lott seems to think so. Let's hit on that for just a quick second, shall we? Just when Mark Davis has packed his bags and bought a big palatial estate, I'm just teasing, in Las Vegas, because I don't know if he has or not, rumors and rumors, and rumors are rumors, He's uh, allowing his staff to look for properties there. And that's what he's saying. I think Mark Davis feels that they're leaving. I'm sure he's signed on the bottom line. But he really can't because the NFL has to give him the permission to take the team. At least you would think so. But here comes Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott and company with a DeBartolo name thrown in there as well. A group of investors again. We've heard this story before is going to come in and try to swoop in and save the Oakland Raiders. $750 million is a lot of cabbage, 
And trust me, it holds a lot of weight in the NFL because they are greedy, really greedy. However, the value in Oakland is in the land. And anybody who lives in the North Bay knows that a two-bedroom apartment uh, is, around here is going for about 3000 to 3500 bucks a month, folks. And for those of you who aren't in California, that should be shocking. To buy a home in the general area, six hundred fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand, nine hundred thousand is not unreasonable, although it sounds unreasonable to most people. The value of the Coliseum property, which is owned by the County of Alameda, is incredible, far more than seven hundred fifty million dollars. Let me tell you that. The property is massive. And there are many companies that would love to have this beautiful jewel in the East Bay because is it located? It's located in a fabulous place for commerce. It's by the port, by the freeway, and the airport. It is ideal for business. And knowing that, perhaps that is where the money will come from to develop the Coliseum and the property. I'm not sure of the plans. We, of course, we don't have any yet. They say they're working on them. But Mark really won't get the vote until January. So we're looking at a possibility, if all things come together, that the Raiders could, in a long stretch, stay in Oakland. I don't think so. My wife and I argue about this all the time. I think that the money is in Vegas, but there's no value to the land in Vegas. You can get value, you can get land there for cheap. The value is here in Oakland with this property. And trust me, if they could combine the stadium with uh, industrial uses and other things, um, a convention center like that, it could certainly bring uh, the Raiders to the table again because Mark has kissed Oakland goodbye and for you know I have to put put it out this way he's been trying to get a deal done here for a long time not saying that he's had the brains uh, nor the wherewithal to do anything he's still asking for someone else to build his house which I think is ridiculous to begin with but the possibility of staying in Oakland is real it's not a joke. It's not a pipe dream because the value of the land that the Coliseum sits on is way more than $750 million. That you can bank on, faux show. So we're going to keep you guys informed and in touch with what's going on here in the East Bay because let me tell you, things are going to start to heat up very quickly. Uh, it's funny because Mark doesn't even want to talk about it it makes me laugh because if they have a good plan, the NFL's not going to let him leave and he's going to be forced to stay and he's going to have to eat a lot of humble pie for show. postgame for the Spotted Kittens. <laughs> Boy, Blake Bortles had a horrible game against his fellow draftee, Derek Carr. 
let's hit on it, shall we? Now, I'm not trying to take the air out of the balloon of the Raider Nation by saying this game was anything other than a win because it was a W. And trust me, that's what really counts. But when it comes down to championships and it comes down to playoff games, that's when these kind of numbers really come out. First, let me say the next game on the ticket on television was delayed by 15 minutes because of the 25 penalties uh, with over 200 yards between both of these teams. Now, I can't speak for the Jaguars other than that's bad for them. There were three ejections in this game that I saw, more than I've ever seen in any contest, and the penalties were abysmal. That shows lack of discipline and lack of <laughs> lack of coaching again, let me say. I was blown away by the flags. I mean, it added almost 40 minutes to the game. That's ridiculous. Not all our fault, but we could have cut that down by 50% if we didn't have so many. And yes, the coaching, the uh, referee staff, uh, was lame. Now, this particular referee, I've seen him before, and so have you. He's not a fan of the Raiders, but uh, he gave equal beatings to both teams, and it was a horrible uh, game to watch because every single play, it seemed like there was a yellow flag. I got to say that right off the bat because it was frustrating at the very least. Let's just look at some of the statistics uh, involved in this contest because if you look at the numbers, it's pretty crazy. So let's look here at first downs. The Raiders had 21 first downs. Jaguars had 19. Not too bad. Passing first downs, 10 for the Raiders. Hey, 11 for the Jaguars. Rushing first downs, and this is where Murray was a key to this because he was really the man of the game, besides Marquette King. Eight rushing first downs versus four. Uh, let's go on further here. Total yards. Here is the funniest thing ever when you look at statistics. It was equal. 344 yards for the Raiders. 344 yards for the Jaguars. Total plays for the Raiders, 71. Total plays for the Jaguars, 60. That's a pretty big difference when you're talking about plays because time of possession, the Raiders held the ball for uh, 34 minutes and the Jags only 27 minutes. That makes a big difference. Those minutes count. And, uh, well... That's important. The big deal in this game is the Raiders had three turnovers uh, that they got. So the Raiders did not turn the ball over. The Jaguars turned the ball over three times. The best hour in radio. 
Papa Townsend, Romo, and Loneal. Boys, how are we doing today? Great day to be alive. Great day to be alive. Where are we going to start, Romo? Raiders offense, defense, special teams? Where do you want to start today? Um, you know what? I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about, you know, how bad the defense has been this year. But then you look, they're number two in takeaways yeah. in the NFL. So it's like you have this this defense that has played very poorly, but they're making a lot of plays. They're intercepting footballs. They're getting fumbles. That's that's really good. Now you just got to be able to stop, you know, people like they did last week. And it was decent last week. Yeah, it was better. And Jacksonville's just flawed. I mean, they're not a good team. But when you look at the takeaways, they, they've been concentrated in three games. The Tennessee game, you had three. Yep. The San Diego game, you had four. The Jacksonville game, you had three. And I mean, beyond that, you're, you're getting one a game and sometimes none. So I, I keep bringing up, Bill, the, uh, the New Orleans Saints defense. And Green Bay had a team uh, that won a Super Bowl with a defense that wasn't great, not shut down. Yep. But they, they take the ball away, and they, they would be difficult to score on when you got inside the red zone. So can this team do those two things? Just take the ball away, because some of their guys don't have great ball skills. Sean Smith's got more picks this year than he's ever had. Plus the two-point conversion he took away. I know you're mad he didn't get a pick on that one, Romo, but he does not have great ball skills. Amerson does. Reggie does in the deep secondary. Joseph is small. Irvin's pulling fumbles out and pulling pulling balls out, forcing fumbles. But can they be that kind of a defense? Good red zone defense, good takeaway defense. Well, here's what I want out of them. And I brought this up a little bit last week. I want them to either be able to stop the run or the pass. Yeah. It be good at least one of those yeah. and then you get you're going to give up sure. on one and I'd like them to be able to stop the run and you know you're going to give up pa- passing yards because they just don't have the they don't have the pass rush right now right. but at least be able to stop the run where they just can't keep moving the chains. That's the thing that bothers me because when you can run the football you keep moving the chains, and you sure. can control the game like Kansas City did against us. Yeah, I, I look at this team, and I, I, Bob, I agree with you. You played a bad team. Let, let's let's not think this thing now is the Chicago Bears, the '94 Bears, or the Minnesota Purple Bears when they played great defense. They they played a bad team, and Jacksonville is not that good. So defensively, yes, they did go out and play well, and you wanted them to play well. And when it comes to the Saints, when you think about that year, yeah, the Saints defense wasn't great. But I and they had one thing that they had, and I think Pop, you would agree here. They had a tight end in Jimmy Graham, and when you got a guy that can move the chains and stretch the middle of the field, I have not yet seen that person emerge, Walford, yet as that type of guy as a tight end that's going to get the Raiders where we want them, and that's in the playoffs and make noise. And Carr right now still not Drew Brees yet. He's getting better though. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah, we'll talk, can we let's just talk about because coming into the year. I had serious concerns about the secondary. I mean, I, I know Sean Smith, and I think he's regressed. He's not as good a player as he even was in Kansas City. You can beat Amerson on in cuts. You know, Reggie Nelson, Joseph gets picked on a lot. So I, I worried about the secondary. But I honestly thought, low that this team would be the best Raider run defense since Romo's team. And I think you guys finished third that year against the run, and you got you know you gave it up in the Super Bowl to Pittman. But overall, you were a good run defense. Why is this not a, a better run defense? Defense. And I know Mario Edwards Jr. is not here. 
he's a good player, but she, I mean, he's not J.J. Watt. Right. What, what's going on? Why are they having, they're not setting the edge at all in the run game. They're not, you're, you're right. And when you're not setting the edge, what you allow, you allow those interior guys have to run too far. When you can set the edge and shrink that, shrink the line of scrimmage and shrink that in from the outside, now the big boys you can have, have set guys can go ahead and hit guys and read. And right now they're just not playing well. You saw the reverse that they gave up early in that game, and then you saw the linebacker make some adjustments and they tried it again on the on the next drive and he shut it down. It's attention to details. It's to each guy I think on this defense. Papa, they're taking turns, making mistakes. One guy, you know, not being in the right fit. Another guy got his head outside instead of being inside. Peeking and not doing their job. Too many guys are trying to do too many things, and that's why right now, to me, that defense is not cohesive. Or are they doing this? Are they playing a little too much seven-man front defenses knowing they don't want to give up the passing yards because they have to protect a Sean Smith. They ha- they have to protect at least one of your corners. That's not good. What I want to say here is that it was not that blowout game that I expected. What I want to say here is we have a much better team than these stats are showing. And if it weren't for a couple of miscues, uh, the Jaguars were right there with us, and it could have been another squeeze-by fourth quarter win for the Raiders now I know a win is a win but you want to win in a convincing fashion you want to win with your offense firing on all cylinders you want to win with your defense dominating the other team of course special teams let me just go off on that right now Marquette King on the fumbled snap running for was it 27 yards for a first down really saved this game. Because if they would have got the ball there, and if they would have taken the ball off the ground, they could have scored another touchdown. We would have been in it. It would have been another nail-biter for the Raider Nation. This team has has got to discover what it takes to really win, and they haven't. Even though we have all these wins, they're just kind of lucky wins, really. Timing for penalties, timing for passes. Um, Crabtree was excellent in this game. And our defense, if you notice, went to a three-man front this time. And I think that is all Jack Del Rio. I know that Ken Norton is doing the best he can. I just don't think that he has the X's and O's, like I said. And again, Bill Musgrave, with his inept play calling, um... I don't understand that. I, I don't understand the <laughs> when you're trying to run out the clock, Bill. There's other ways besides run, run, run. You know, unless you're running for first downs, you're ready to even able to gash these guys for first down. That's fine. Run the ball all day if you like. But that wasn't our game. We weren't doing that. You got to get a first down, bro. First downs eat up clock more than. Run, run, run does, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, I am a scratch in my head wondering why doesn't, <laughs> why don't we have a better offense? Well, we don't have a better offense because we don't have a better offensive coordinator. Coming up here, Pop, Sage Rosenfeld, the former quarterback, is going to join us.
And, of course, he played under Bill Musgrave, so it'll be interesting to get his insights on the Raiders' offensive coordinator. Yeah, he was a Minnesota Viking uh, quarterback in a couple of stints. In his second stint uh, with the Vikings, uh, Bill was the uh, offensive coordinator there. Christian Ponder was a young player as well. But, you know, uh, and the reason I wanted to get into this today, Tony, was after the Kansas City game. Uh, I listened to you on the on the postgame show. And a lot of the fans are critical of Bill Musgrave in that game. And uh, uh, Kansas City is a good defensive team. Bob Sutton's been a coordinator in this league for a long time. And uh, he was more of a blitzer when he was with Rex Ryan in New York. And now he's just – he varies his coverages. He blitzes. He did not blitz as much in that game. Uh, and he's, he plays man. They play zone. They don't screw up. Kansas City – can go back and forth between the two. And I'd like to see the Raiders evolve that way defensively where they get lost in zone. Sometimes they can't match up. And, man, the best teams in football will vary their coverages. I mean, Denver doesn't vary them. They play press man, and they come at you because they have those long-armed corners that move their feet so well. Kansas City plays a little differently with Peters off the ball. They give you a little space. He's more of a zone corner. But they just they, they are hard to deal with. And I think that's the evolution of Derek Carr is to be able to solve the two teams in this division you're going to have to beat to get to where you want to go, whether it's to win the division or to play them in a playoff game or the Denver Broncos and KC Chiefs. They're they're different, but they're equally suffocating. But I, I've known Bill a long time. Uh, the first year I did the Raiders games in 1997 when Joe Bugle was the head coach, that was Bill's first year coaching in the NFL. Al Davis had an affinity for him. He's a former player. Al loves former players. A quarterback in the league for a while, mainly as a backup, and a, a good college player, a very good player at uh, at Oregon. You know, after Dan Fouts and before yeah. uh, Marcus Mariota, he was really a good player. He was the war, uh, the uh, not the war, the Raiders uh, quarterback coach in 1997 when Jeff George was here, and he was a quiet guy, very studious guy. We'd sit and talk a lot, and I think Al envisioned him uh, at one point being the offensive coordinator here. And he left. He, uh, the next year, he was hired by the Philadelphia Eagles, and he moved on. And then shortly after that, George Seifert hired him uh, to first coach the quarterbacks then later be the offensive coordinator in Carolina. That didn't work out as well. He wound up going to Virginia, and he coached for Al Grow there, calling plays, came back into the NFL with Jack Del Rio in Jacksonville. And he's bopped around a lot. Washington, Atlanta, Minnesota, as we referenced, two different stints. Minnesota, you know, you have to play to your team. In Minnesota, it was Adrian Peterson, it was eye set, it was get under center, it was power running. And that's kind of his M.O. Whenever I talk to the Viking people, they immediately, you know, crit- are critical of Bill because his call sheet was small and it was, well, it's 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 Adrian Peterson. You're not going to do a lot. You're going to play, play play action off of Adrian. Adrian wants to come downhill at you. He's a jump cut, middle of the field kind of runner. But then I think where Bill evolved, and this is why it's the perfect time to bring him back here with Derek Carr, was Bill went to Philadelphia for the year 2014 with Chip Kelly, and he learned the tempo game, and he learned the shotgun game. And Derek was, you know, Derek's rookie year here, when Greg Olson was the offensive coordinator, they would have not allowed Derek Carr to run the team at the line of scrimmage. It was so, it was confounding to me. He was good at it. He needed to do it, but Greg Olson didn't know it, and he wasn't comfortable letting him do it. So now Bill comes in after he has Ole for one year, and you get Derek last year, and they did a lot of that. Uh, at times, a little too much of it because you didn't have a running game you could count on, so they let Derek run the team. 
but it was what Derek knew and is Derek good at. And Derek, you know, he made good advancements last year. Time's a little too much for him. But now this year that you bring in Coleccio Semele at left guard, you move Gabe to right guard, and you got this mauling offensive line, one of the best interiors in football. Dallas has a great offensive line, but the Raiders can, can pass block. They can run block. they got to solve right tackle. But the middle of the line and Penn's solid, they're good. And now you got the two young guys along with uh, Murray, and you've got a more varied running game. I'd like to see him do more downhill power and not pull guards as much because they're just they're getting penetration when they do it. But when they just try to go downhill and use uh, Jameis Alawale as a lead blocker and get downhill, you know, more gun runs with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. But for uh, Murray, I like him in the eye. He's an eye back with a lead blocking fullback. So now he's been able to get the running game going. Where last year the Raiders were just too pass heavy. It's not a statement on Bill. It's what they had. But now when you look at this offensive team, Tony, they are really well balanced. Offensively, They're 11th overall in the NFL, about 370 yards a game. And it may surprise you, they are equally ranked. And it's a little, it varies. The first three weeks of the year, they ran the ball well. The middle three, when Murray was out for two, not as well. And obviously, you know, the punter picks up a scoop and runs for 27 yards and a fourth and 24. Those all factor in. But the running game is 13th in the NFL at 115 yards a game. And the passing game, is 13th in the NFL at about 255 yards a game. So when you go into a game against the Raiders, yeah, you're worried about Amari and you're worried about Crabtree, but if you roll too much coverage to either side and want to double them both, now you got a seven-man box. Now they're going to run power and they're going to run right at you and get to the second level and you can pop a run. And so there's a good balance in what he's doing as a play caller. I think going into a game as an opponent of the Raiders you really don't know where last year you had to play those receivers and Derek and blitz them and, you know, try to throw hots and quicks. Now they may draw you in that situation. They may in a, in a comparable down. And what drove me nuts last year was third and two, third and three. They'd go in a gun and go empty a lot. And like, well, they know you're not going to run it unless Derek scrambles and he's not going to do that. So you're taking away the balance element. When, when teams are feared offensively in football, you don't know what they're going to do. They could do either, and then they're they're hard to deal with. So I think Bill is, he's just, that the, the offense is varied now. The one thing I would like them to see them do is to be less predictable based on formation. We can tell what they're going to run based on who's in the game. And maybe they'll look at that more during the bye week when they can self-scout, but it's not, it's not, it's not that hard to see as you just look back on the game film. When you bring in the extra linemen, whether it's McCants last week, or Denver Kirkland previous weeks, and you go to a heavy set, jumbo they call it, uh, and you bring in, you know, Andre Holmes is a wide receiver, they invariably run the ball. There, were, there was about, I think it was 70% when Andre Holmes is in the game that they're going to run the ball. And that's a little more balanced the last couple of weeks. For a while there, it was 100%. And it was 100% when they went to the jumbo with Denver Kirkland in the game. So you got to kind of, at some point, break tendencies. But overall, I, 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 I am very comfortable with uh, Bill Musgrave as not only a play caller, and I don't think he loves being upstairs. I think he prefers being on the sideline, but the head coach wanted him upstairs this year. Uh, but I, I've seen him really just dial it up, dialing and smiling, as they say, where he has had a really good rhythm. Uh, I think he's got a nice balance. And forget the yards. 
You know, yards are yards. You know, yeah, you want to keep the ball and you don't want to give it back to the opponents. But the bottom line is, Townie, they are scoring 26 and a half points a game. 26 and a half. That, that's eighth in the NFL. Now, you know, with their defense, you may need 30 some weeks. You may need 31 or 35 or we know the deal. But that's not a bad number, Chris. If you're at 26.4 points a game and yards are yards, but you gotta you got to score. In this league, you need touchdowns. You need three a week and a, and a couple of field goals or four and a, and a field goal. Get into the 30s. So I, I don't know how you feel, but I think this offense, and you would think it'd be a little more you worry about the pass. I, I think Bill's doing a nice job. He also is a clever play designer using Johnny Holton more. Now on the end of rounds, he ran maybe one too many the other game. Uh, you know, having the two young backs together, Richard and DeAndre Washington, you get some 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 matchups you like, but I just I think he's perfectly balanced to deal with Derek Carr, whether it's shotgun, under center, quick game, let Derek run it, jump into the no huddle, jump out of the no huddle. So I, I you know I hear your callers after games and they're angst, but I don't I don't and the defense is the issue and the vanilla defense and the lack of coverage and not getting lined up quickly and getting communication from the, the sideline in and just basic football leverage and tackling is a problem. I, I don't see the criticism uh, being warranted as far as Bill Musgrave and the offense. I think just some some teams are going to be more difficult to match up with, like Kansas City. We've already seen it. And, and Denver is just a hard team for the Raiders to crack. Well, the thing that I love about the offense is they don't turn the ball over. They've got 13 takeaways. They've only given it back five times. And like last week, no sacks on Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a good enough athlete, where and he can throw on the run. He can get outside the pocket, avoid some rush at times. But for the most part, your quarterback's not getting hit. He's got time to throw, and you're not turning the ball over. And those are characteristics. You wonder why the Raiders are 5-2. and two. Have they played the perfect game? No, but when you're... You're taking the ball away from the other team and you're fundamentally sound on offense it's going to help that defense but they're five and two because they're not turning it over and they're not getting their quarterback hit well the, the turnovers are critical and i wasn't sure Derek was able to do it so fast and the comparison always was because he wears number four uh, four to Favre, but i don't want him to be Favre. and Favre is a tremendously exciting player but he made a lot of mistakes he threw the ball away a while i wanted him to be the new packer quarterback which is Aaron Rodgers, and, and still have the splash plays and just don't turn the ball over. And Derek has evolved in that regard. Uh, I think of all the fourth-quarter errors that he made, uh, he's just not making. So the turnovers, and that's a lot of it is coaching from Bill, but I, uh, Derek has evolved, and he's just not turning it over. As far as the lack of uh, sacks, uh, a lot of it is Bill Musgrave and moving pockets, the way they roll the pocket. And Derek, is, his skill set is varied. He can do it rolling to his right, and he's just not sitting there where the launch spot is always right there, you know, right in the middle of the line where they can come in the horn and get him. Uh, so a lot of that is just design, and a lot of it is Derek's desire uh, growing up with his brother to get the ball out of his hands. It's one of the key elements, and I think Phil Musgrave uh, is the perfect guy to, to bring Derek uh, from the uh, combination of the gun, the under center, the quick game, everything. I mean, everything he could have, I think, Phil Musgrave and his temperament I'm a big fan of uh, Bill Musgrave going back to when he was with the Raiders originally in 97 as Jeff George's quarterback coach and now here with Derek Carr. But you mentioned Sage Rosenfels. Uh, Sage was a, a good backup quarterback uh, in the NFL for a number of years, and he was with the Vikings for a couple of different uh, scenarios. Uh, Sage now joins us on 95.7 The Game, popping Townie in the afternoon delight. So uh, take me back. You were with Bill Musgrave 
uh, I guess the end of the 2011, beginning of 2012 year, when Bill was the offensive coordinator, Sage, in, in Minnesota. Tell me what you remember from Musgrave's offense back there when you were with him in the Twin Cities. Well, I think Coach, Coach Musgrave, uh, his advantage and, and why I liked playing for him is he played the position, and I think there is really no substitute uh, in coaching. Um, that is, the fact that he played uh, quarterback uh, in the NFL – and he understands what quarterbacks have to go through. He understands how to tailor things uh, and, and to the way you practice, the way you meet, uh, those types of things to have quarterbacks be successful, in particular young quarterbacks. So uh, he's a, you know, I thought a very trustworthy um, coach and, and guys that uh, I think the quarterbacks enjoyed playing for. Uh, I like the way he was aggressive on offense, but also know what, knew when to sort of bring, the, uh, bring in the reins or what, you know, hold the reins back and, and be a little more conservative at certain points in the ball game. So uh, I think he's a very good offensive coordinator, and uh, I'm glad he's doing well out there in Oakland. Since he did play the position, and, you know, pretty well in the NFL for a long time and had a great career up at Oregon, would, would he allow uh, the quarterbacks to take ownership of the, of the team at the line of scrimmage with audibles and, and just take ownership of the team throughout the week in the preparation for Sunday, Sage? Yeah, so when I was there with Musgrave, the first, so the first time I was in Minnesota twice in my career. Now, when, when Bill came back in, uh, when I came back the second time, uh, uh, Christian Ponder, who was just a rookie, very wet behind the years rookie, uh, was a starting quarterback. So uh, I think there, he, I think he wanted the quarterback to, uh, I, I guess, just go out there and play. He didn't put too much on, on Ponder's plate as far as protection, as far as all to blame and things like that. Not because Bill didn't want to. It's because he felt for a young quarterback, it was best to allow him, put him in position with good quality concepts to just go out and play. Sage, what, what, what have you seen from, from Derek Carr year to year and what you're seeing from him this year, leading the Raiders off to a 5-2 and two start? Well, I've got a strange Derek Carr connection as well. I, I backed up his older brother, David, uh, in 2006 in, with the Houston Texans, and I was around Derek a few times, and I think he was just a middle schooler or something you know, at that time or maybe a freshman in high school. And uh, this kid has a, a tremendous amount of talent, uh, but I think on top of it, uh, he has learned a lot of life, life's lessons, a lot of uh, you know, player lessons and quarterback lessons, from some of the mistakes maybe his brother made. And uh, his brother was very talented as well, uh, but uh, didn't have that you know, successful career as the number one pick in the draft. And I think Derek has learned from any mistakes that David may have made back in those days. And, and uh, he is a very good player. He, he, very obviously, he knows the game of football. He has been taught very well, whether it was in college or in his early years in the NFL. Uh, he is talented. He understands the game of football. He's extremely competitive. Uh, and uh, I like the way he goes out and just competes and tries to find a way to win. He sort of has that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality, which I think is actually a, a good thing, not a bad thing. And uh, the Oakland Raiders have found a very good quarterback who is going to be their guy for probably the next you know, eight or ten years unless something crazy happens. He's a good one, and uh, I think he, there, there are going to be a lot of playoff games in the future for the Oakland Raiders. Sage, I think when he when he was a rookie, he wanted to do exactly what what uh, what kind of undid his brother, and that is just get his brains beat out. What he got sacked 76, 78 times that rookie year, uh, David Carr, and I I think he tried to do it a little bit to a fault, where he got rid of the ball so fast and would not allow routes to develop downfield. But 
as he's gotten older now, I, I think he is doing that. So just speak to the, the overall pocket presence that Derek Carr, you know, as a young guy, they blitzed him a lot. They tried to heat him up a lot, and he got the ball out a little bit too fast. But now he seems like he really has developed a nice pocket presence. Yeah, I think a lot of NFL teams were scared of Derek Carr because of David Carr, which is which is a uh, sort of a crazy thing to think. But uh, you know, being that David got sacked so much, yeah, the obvious obvious thought was that uh, you know Derek was going to be a similar quarterback. They're two completely different players. They're obviously two very different people. And uh, and 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 Derek has a very quick release. Uh, and yeah, he likes to get the ball out. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I shoot when I played. I got that ball out as quickly as possible. That thing was a hot potato with me. I mean, whoever was open first was going to get it. I'm not going to take a gazillion hits in that pocket and, and get hurt or, or and get beat up too much if possible. And, uh, you know, I think early uh, early in his career, they did a lot more three-step drops and, and five-step drops and stayed away from the deep seven-step stuff so he, get, he could get that ball out. Uh, you know, Philadelphia is doing the same thing with Carson Wentz, a lot of three-step drops. Get that ball out. You don't want a, a young quarterback – uh, getting beat up too much and, and getting shy in that pocket. And, and I think another thing that Derek uh, has to his advantage is the fact that he understands the game of football. And when you really understand the X's and O's of the game, you can anticipate. And when you anticipate, you get the ball just a half a second quicker uh, to a wide receiver who is currently covered but then comes open into the hole. And I think Derek understands the game very well. He's been taught very well. He anticipates well, and that's why he gets the ball out. He's watching game film as just a kid with his brother, uh, David, you know, going back to when he was like 12 years old. Former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joining us on 95.7 The Game. Uh, so after Bill uh, was with you in the Twin Cities in 11 and 12, he left and he went to join Chip Kelly in Philadelphia in 14. Actually, Bill was there one year after you left in 13 in Minnesota as well as the quarterback coach. And this is where he really got a firm up close look at at the at the at the tempo game the the no huddle run it at the line snap it every 22 seconds or so uh with chip kelly and he's allowed derek to do that speaking of derek's wisdom and ability to read a defense going back to when he was a, a kid with his brother he's so good at that when when you watch you know bill evolve as a play caller and and bring some of the philadelphia concepts in with what he learned uh, as a younger coach and as a younger quarterback. What, what do you see of that marriage of how much the Raiders should let Derek run it in the gun, run it at the line with a check uh, check with me system, Sage? Well, I think any good NFL coach, any good college coach, any good high school coach, shoot any good you know, middle school uh, and elementary school coach, uh, the game is always changing uh, for coaches and for players. That's one thing you can always expect uh, in sports. And, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, Shoot, even 10 years ago, you didn't see quarterbacks in the shotgun on every single play. A lot of underneath center, uh, run game, play action, you know, that type of football. The game has changed a lot. Uh, you know, some teams are in the shotgun 80% of the, of the game. So uh, there's always things that you can learn uh, from other coaches that are successful. Uh, the best ones I was always around. When I was in Houston with Gary Kubiak, uh, about the second week I was there, he started talking about some of these North Turner concepts that I – uh, new from uh, Miami days. So, you know, uh, Gary Kubiak was learning from another really good uh, offensive coordinator in the NFL. I think Bill Musgrave has done the same thing. Chip Kelly did some, has done some very different things that NFL coaches uh, had not seen, had not done. He had a lot of success at the college level at Oregon uh, and had some early uh, success over there in Philadelphia. And I think it's always good to add different flavors to, to what you do 
And uh, obviously, you know, Mr. Musgrave has added some things that Chip Kelly has done well. And I think it's always good to have different paces, uh, different types of no huddle, different types of empty, uh, the jet sweep. All these things are sort of new to the NFL. And uh, I think Musgrave, uh, that was an advantage to him to be around uh, Chip Kelly to, to learn a couple things. Yeah, now he knows that the power running game, uh, he ran with, and with the Vikings with Adrian and the, the tempo game he learned from Chip. And obviously in a quarterback and Derek, he's got the, the smarts. Uh, to be able to run it all. And he's got two two tremendous wide receivers in Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, Sage. Well, what, what have you seen from them? They obviously have very different skill sets. Amari is such a polished route runner. Uh, Michael just has the ability to get open fast, and he has the ability to catch everything in traffic. But talk about the combination that Derek throws to of Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Well, that's one of the one of the main reasons I think Derek Carr has had success uh, in these last couple of years is uh, these two wide receivers are very very good. And uh, we'll start with Cooper. He is a really good route runner. He's also just has the physical skills to be a top uh, NFL wide receiver. He's not Julio Jones, uh, but he is very talented and uh, he is very good in his route running. He catches the ball well. Uh, he can probably play all the positions X Y Z W. Uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's a smart football player. And Crabtree is one of these guys who also, I think, is a very good route runner as well, uh, but doesn't maybe quite have the physical uh, ability uh, of Cooper. But uh, he just has a knack for understanding how to get open. And you can't teach that. Uh, Anquan Bolden has that. Wes, Wes Welker uh, had that. Just a knack and an ability to understand leverage, understand how to break down a cornerback, understand how to put a move on a, a safety uh, he can do that, and I think Michael Crabtree uh, is a very underrated NFL wide receiver. I always thought he was very, very good, underutilized in San Francisco, and now I think he's being utilized in a, in a proper way uh, over there in Oakland. It's interesting because I think week to week teams concentrate. They'll have cloud coverage, a safety over the top on Mari's side, and try to take him away, and then Crabtree will go off, and then some games they're going to, like Kansas City took Crabtree away, and Amari was able to uncover a little bit. But the one element of the Raider passing game, Sage, that has us a bit concerned because it's the it's the one matchup in the in the NFL and really in football in general that's just hard for defenses to match, and that is the tight end. And you're seeing so many teams use two, three. You know, Andy Reid's got three tight ends on his roster, and they're all big and strong, and you can create the right matchup. The Raiders, Lee Smith is out with an injury, and he's not a great route runner and catcher. He's more of an inline guy. Clive Walford's been coming back slowly from an injury. Michael Rivera could be that guy, but he's just not getting a lot of reps. Is it as you look ahead to matchups? Because Denver's their, their their corners are so good, and they play tight press man. It's hard to get off. Can, can the Raiders be the team we're hoping they can be without that third element from the the middle of the field, the tight end, the seam route to get the coverage off of uh, Cooper and Crabtree if they're going to roll that way? Well, it's tough. I I'm a big believer in having a you know, top tight end. Uh, I think tight ends are very important. You can do so many things with them. Uh, they're not just blockers anymore. Uh, they, they're guys that cause defensive matchups uh, issues. So whether they're on a strong safety, whether in man-to-man coverage, whether on uh, a Sam or Will linebacker, uh, tight ends can, you know, out-athlete those guys. And uh, it's very, very important to have a, a good one. And, you know, if you look at, say, the Green Bay Packers, uh, they've got two good wide receivers and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, but they don't have that top tight end. They haven't had a good tight end there since Sir Michael Finley, and I think that has caused Aaron Rodgers some issues, in, in particular this season. And uh, so I think having, a, having that third weapon is important. Uh, you can double these outside guys with 
the safeties over the top with you know Cooper and, and Crabtree. But if you don't have a tight end to threaten them uh, in the middle of the field, uh, it, it, uh, you don't really threaten the defense very much. And so, yeah, that would be an important aspect to add uh, at some point in time for this Oakland Raiders uh, you know, team to add a really you know, high-quality tight end. Mr. Rosenfels, thanks for all your sage wisdom, I'd have to say. Very enlightening. And Bill Musgrave, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you throughout the year. Thanks for your time, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We've got a good team. We've got good players. They just need direction, and especially on the offensive ball side of the ball, we should be destroying teams. We, can, we should be destroying teams. Our defense needs a lot of work, but our offense has the talent to be dominant. And against a team like the Jaguars, really, bro? We should have snuffed these guys out in the first half and cruised to an easy victory. That wasn't the case. So I'm glad we got the win, but I didn't like the win the way we won it. And yes, I can, you know, I don't want to be the naysayer and Yes, yeah, yeah, we won, all right. And a lot of the Raider Nation really doesn't care how we win as long as we win. This Raider fan really cares a lot about how we win. And we barely won. If you look at the stats and you look at how the game went, uh, their team, if they would not have had any penalties on the Jaguars and no turnovers, the Raiders would have lost this game. And I understand, you know, if my aunt, you know, had a thing, she'd be my uncle. I understand all those things. But there is no reason, absolutely none, with the talent we had, have, that we should not have dominated this team from the get-go because their defense was lame. Uh, Derek Carr, again, didn't get dirty. And... uh and let's just talk about Derek on this this uh, this game as well, because it happened last game too. When he throws the ball over the middle, when he tries to get the rare and very few attempts at tight ends, which is another Bill Musgrave mistake, <laughs> he throws the ball high and too hard. This guy needs to learn how to finesse pass. I don't know what his coach is telling him, but... Great quarterbacks know how to finesse the ball in the middle of the field because last game and this game should have been two, three turnovers at least. Trust me, you saw the ball flying in the air hoping that the other team wouldn't get it just like I did. Trust me on that. Derek Carr needs to settle down and start getting that composure in those crossing routes. And Bill Musgrave... In an age where everyone is tight end crazy, I guess he just doesn't like the tight end. You got something wrong with the tight end. Maybe he likes loose ends. I don't know. But I know this. We do not use our tight ends like we should. With Cooper, Crabtree, and Roberts spreading the field out, there is absolutely no reason that we cannot capitalize on the massive blank space look at the game folks in the middle of the field there is nobody in the middle of the field it's prime for a tight end Derek did not play well against Kansas City 
He played really well the first series, and then he does not play well against Kansas City. He just he does not. Kansas City, they're good. They, they just don't screw up, and they make you screw up before they do, and they don't, whether they're playing man or zone. And I'm watching your Broncos last night, Bill, and I just, God, they scare me. Oh, just that the running, way their corners. That running? They, the running oh, the... game is great, but their corners. Oh. And Derek does not play well against Denver. He doesn't play well against Kansas City. He doesn't play well against Denver. See, There's that's, different reasons for it. So That's where the tight end, we need Clive to be ready. You know, like I've, I say this a lot. We need his balls to drop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they do. They're not, they're not dropping this year. <laughs> hey, uh, we need him to. He's not the same athlete he was. I don't but know. What they, he's just not moving well. But without that. They're not going far. They're not going to go. Is that what you're saying with the tight end is the difference here? The tight end is the difference. Because yeah. you can cut. You can double those two. two. You, you can You can do what you have to do with two receivers. But when you throw a tight end threat in there, you know, now you got to commit a safety to that or, you know, the strong safety or somebody where he can't commit to doubling up or running too deep on the receiver. Gronkowski, you see what he did Sunday, Pop? Yeah. yeah you got yeah. a tight end that can stretch the now. You got to play safety over the top. He's too fast for linebackers. Now you can't bracket those receivers. They're going to, they can take away Crabtree and you can take away Amari. I'm telling you, if I can scheme, you can take away. If you don't have a tight end, you can take those guys away. And we still need another receiver to step up. I mean, I like our two backups. I do. Holmes and, and Roberts. Yeah. I, th- I think they've made some nice plays, but I need to see yeah, even they're more. They're just good. They, yeah. they are. You know what we had? We had one, Bill. You wanted to make him a quarterback or leave him a quarterback. Oh. Terrell Pryor. <laughs> How good has he got? Are you kidding? We got to get Pryor on there. I want to talk to Terrell about it. I didn't think he would be willing to do this. I didn't either. How good of a receiver has he gotten right away, Low? My God, Bob. Where'd this come from? I, I thought he could be a tight end. I didn't think he was. You know what? He could pick it up to be a receiver against these world-class corners. Unbelievable. Did, you guys, I didn't know if he was tough enough. Well, I, I, that's I what it up to the. That's what I question. Well, I question, is he tough enough to go over the middle and take a hit? He hungry, and, Bill. Oh, he hungry. He want to eat. He is oh. tough. You know, I brought it up to the Raider <laughs> yes. offensive coaches the whole time he was here. When they when he clearly wasn't going to make it as a quarterback, and I said Al Davis would never in any way cut this guy. There is no way he would turn him into Ronald Curry. Uh-huh. He would he would make him a receiver. I thought tight end, so I kept bringing it up to Flip, you know, yeah. your guy, and right away he's not tough enough to play. He's tight definitely end. not tough enough for that. Well, but, he but would I, not block. Well, how tough is Jimmy Graham, Low? <laughs> we don't need him to be tough. We need him to. Match up with a linebacker, but I didn't think he'd be able to do it at wide receiver. And he's dumb. He's actually kind of dominant. He's pretty, big. He's, he's pretty good. It is. Can we can I mean, we get him back? That's impressive. That's impressive. It's the only you know, player you Jackson has. You know, from you know, run in reverse. Hey, and if you have an issue, throw him a quarterback. I think I'd, I'd, uh, I'd call Hugh and say, "You're gonna give us Joe Hayden and uh, Terrell Pryor." I'll send you those draft picks you gave to Arizona for Carson Palmer. Oh. Or to Cincinnati. We'll get oh those God. back. <laughs> God, we could have Fitzpatrick. Uh, it is impressive. Yeah, it's incredible the way he's done it. But I got a trade deadline in a week from today, so I got to look at, look at the tight end market and see what you can get. You think a tight end is I the think, only way to beat those teams? I think that is going to affect us if uh, Clive does not he's, perform better. He's not that's, the same guy. That's going to affect us down the you know, making a run question. at this thing. That's going to affect this. Yeah, we can beat the Jacksonville's sure. and probably the Tampas, those type of teams. But when we, when we go up against Denver, 
Ooh. Michael then, Rivera. Could you scheme up Rivera in that role? Potentially. Got to try if to get him involved him. more. Right. If you move him, yeah. I think you can. He can run a little bit. You got to try to get him involved more because I'm telling you right now, the two bottom, the two bottom feeders, Kansas City and San Diego. Don't look now, but they're getting hot. San yes. Diego right now. Kansas Papa. City's not a bottom feeder. Good. Right. But the, I mean, I'm just saying Dillman, San Diego, San Diego. Oh. Don't look now, but San no. Diego is one of the better teams right now. They're playing good ball. This is the best division in football. It yeah, is. No doubt the AFC yeah. West, top to bottom. I'm hoping for the best. I'm still hoping that there's change in the wind, but this is another game. We should have dominated. No reason that it should have been even close. And it's just, it's discouraging to me, even though we got the W, because we're coming into some games, folks. Denver is no joke, and uh, the Chargers again will be no joke. The Chiefs have shown that they can beat us. We're we're not all that. Now we might have that many wins, rah rah rah, and I'm happy we have them, but we're not winning football games like a dominant playoff team or championship team is winning football games. We need to learn how to play with consistency and rhythm on offense. And defensively, uh, the bend but not break is not our team. We need to be able to get off the quarterback. We did against Bortles. We got against him. But he had a horrid game. He, He had a terrible game. Probably the worst passer rating in the league. The reason they shut the, the, the Jacksonville's passing game down, Bortles' delivery is just He's so not very slow. good. I agree. I, I didn't realize his delivery was that bad. <laughs> I mean, he is. it takes him forever to get the ball out of his hand. If it's I a was, joke. You know what, Greg? If I was coaching him, I would keep him on the move the whole game. He, yeah, throws, so better. Better. he throws better when he's on the run. Out of pocket. Yeah, but he's just he pulls it back and he drops it. But anyway, the key, Bill, was that the Raiders could play with two safeties high and they shut down the run with a seven-man box. Against Kansas City, you're not going to be able to do that. Against Denver, you're not going to be able no to do way. that. I don't know if you can do it right. against Tampa. So then you're exp- so then it gets into your theory of can they just do one thing well? Well, I- you need that safety back to help shut down the pass. But if the safety's not building an eight-man box, it's hard to shut the run. So what the hell do you do? Mm. <laughs> Play with 12 right. guys. Yeah. Play with 12. Yeah, bring it Can we go to the 4 4 4 defense? Maybe you put, bring, bring, but bring in Marquette King and let him play some corner. Yeah. <laughs> that was a hell of a play, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Jeez. It was. Wow. He's got some you know, wheels. We're being down on the team, and they did play a pretty solid game. They did. They played all three. That's the yeah, first. The best they all played. three phases sure. yeah. played really well. We won. That's the bottom line. But I surely didn't like the way we won. Uh, we got a lot to lot to work on here, and trust me, they better be working on it today, because Tampa Bay, they ain't playing. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First, let me say I will always hate this team. 
for winning the Super Bowl on the Raiders. I don't think there's a fan out there that doesn't feel the same way. And if you do, there's something wrong. <laughs> so let's just take a look. They're 500 right now, but they've been beat by the Rams. They've been beat by the Falcons. Well, no, they beat the Falcons, barely. Uh, that was a squeaker. I think that was a lucky game. Um, but they've been beat by the Rams and the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos beat them bad. So did the Cardinals. They beat them bad, like 40-6. to six. But that shows me those are strong defensive teams. Those defenses kept Jameis Winston out of the end zone. And if we want to win this game in Tampa Bay at their house, our defense better come to play, and I mean really play. They have some good players, really good players. Mike Evans and Jameis Winston have developed a loving relationship as receiver and quarterback. And if this trend continues, they're going to be something uh, special uh, to see. Winston's no joke. He can be a spaz, but we have to watch that big time. Adam Humphreys is also no joke. And, well, their running back, which is really kind of interesting, uh, their offensive line is very strong. They've got a good line. And their running game has been kind of the cornerstone of their offense, not passing. Uh, they like to run the ball, and trust me, they will. And Jameis Winston likes to sling the rock. And trust me, they're going to do it. And they have receivers that can get up and behind the Raiders' secondary in seconds. So let me just say, the key to this game is in our defense. I mean, don't laugh, because it's almost laughable. But with the improvements in the last game, we must improve in this game as well. This is not a easy win. No, I don't think so. Uh, we should win this game because we have a better team. But they can beat us at home if they run the ball like they can. They were a run-first team with that pass thrown in there. And here's another big surprise. They depend a lot on their tight ends. They're tight end happy. They have two tight end sets left and right. That means the middle of the field for the Raiders is going to be open game. And if we can't defend those guys, it's going to be a long day for the Oakland Raiders. It's JT the Brick. I'm packed and ready, headed to the Bay Area of Tampa Bay, Clearwater Beach, Tampa St. Pete, and where the Raider Nation next sets its sights on another road victory. Can the Raiders go 5-0 and on the road? Anything's possible. It's time for the silver and black to react. Raider Nation, unite! Every game is do or die for the silver and black on 95-7 the game. Flagship of the silver and black. A pretty good Buccaneers team that statistically is better than I thought. And a team that definitely can go out there and get in a shootout with the Raiders. Or if they have the lead in this game, can run the ball and slow the Raiders down this way. Look, this is not a great team. The Raiders are not playing at New England. And quickly, I was talking to a buddy about this the other day. Think of the teams that the Raiders don't play this year. 
I mean, people complain about the schedule. We do that in all sports. All sports we complain about, oh, we have to play this game back-to-back. Well, the Raiders have to open up, and they have to play at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Their first three or four games on the road. Okay, and that's fair, and the Raiders have navigated that. They're undefeated. But the Raiders this year, they don't play Dallas. Dallas is really good. The Raiders don't play the Eagles. They don't play the Green Bay Packers. They don't play the New England Patriots. They don't play at the Seattle Seahawks. You look at this Raiders schedule. Let's talk about the teams they don't have to play. And I think that's a blessing in disguise because every team's got tough games throughout. But with the Patriots not on that schedule, with the Steelers not on the schedule, and then you look to the NFC and you don't have to play the Cowboys. The Eagles are 4-2. The Minnesota Vikings are 5-1. and one. And then the Seattle Seahawks are not on the schedule this year, the best team in the NFC West. I mean, Raider fans, what more could you want after 5-2, and 4-0 and oh on the road? I mean, I'm sprinkling in games here for the Silver and Black that all feel like they're winnable games. Matter of fact, what games on the schedule do you look at with the Raiders and say, well, that's a game they just can't win? That game would be at Denver, if Denver comes in on Sunday night and beats Oakland. But the rest of the way, Denver at home on November 6th, Sunday night. That's a big game, big atmosphere. The Raiders get them at home. Houston coming off a bye week in Mexico City. Brock Osweiler looks terrible. Carolina, by November 27th, if all goes well, Carolina should be eliminated from everything. And then Buffalo comes in. Buffalo's a Jekyll and Hyde team. At Kansas City. At San Diego, Indy at home. I talked to the general manager of the Colts last night on my show. Good guy. There's a chance that he could be out of a job. Ryan Gregson by that game. And then the Raiders on New Year's Day are at Denver, which is going to be a really big game. I think the game at Denver on New Year's Day will be the difference between the Raiders getting a wild card or not. And if they can win the division winning the division or not. So big games coming up for the Silver and Black as they get ready to take on the Buccaneers and a Buccaneer team that statistically is doing a bunch of good things now. They're doing things that the Raiders would like to do. And the Raiders' defense still, I was surprised when I got my notes from the Raiders uh, earlier yesterday and looking at their stats. The way they played defense in that last game, I thought their numbers would improve. Going in on the road against the Buccaneers, the Raiders still rank 32nd in total defense, 28th in rushing defense, dead last in passing defense. So those stats haven't improved even though they had a win. They've improved slightly, but not to the point where that defense is getting out of the cellar just yet. For Tampa Bay, what jumps out at me is their offense is pretty good. The Raiders is ranked 11th. The Bucks is 12th. The Raiders' rushing attack is 13th. The Bucs is 11th. But the key difference between the Raiders and the Buccaneers are one key stat. The Raiders are plus eight in turnover ratio. That's tied for second in the entire NFL. The Buccaneers are minus three. That's ranked 22nd in the league. So the Raiders have been much better this year in turnover ratio. And that's how you win these games when you're a young team growing up. The Raiders are flawed on defense. You get a couple interceptions, a fumble. Bruce Irvin with a sack and a fumble. You win that turnover battle on the road, you win the games. And I think that's what's going to have to happen with the Silver and Black to win this game. Because statistically, it's a pretty even game. 
offensively. But what jumps out at me statistically is the turnovers. And if the Raiders can find a way to win this turnover battle again, I think they'll be in pretty good shape here. But the Raiders look solid on the road this year. And the defense is opportunistic. They play hard. And so does Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got a bunch of young, good players. And the offense with Rodgers and Barber, they're gaining confidence. The Raiders are going to have to watch play action because this team's able to run the ball. And Winston is a really big target. He's going to be hard to bring down. So I think the Raiders have to play another team defensive game to win. And the offense is going to have to run the ball better. But the Raiders are a passing team they got to limit their drops, and Crabtree and Cooper have got to get yards after contact. Take shots downfield. Take shots downfield, Musgrave. Throw it deep with Carr. And I think the special teams are going to be huge in this game. Seabass and Marquette King are working really well together. And, you know, Janikowski, I always say you need nine points from him in every game. He got 15 in the last game. So solid, solid Raider football. And the Raiders get out of Florida with the sweep. And don't think about Denver until they get on the plane heading back on that flight. I'll be on the team flight after the game. Hopefully it's another business trip with a big victory for the Silver and Black. Let me get into this, too. Their defensive coordinator is Mike Smith. Used to be the head coach of the Falcons. That's why they're playing so well against the Falcons, by the way, because Smith knows them better than anybody else. we got to beat this team. And let me just give you a stat that means everything to this game. The Buccaneers are only 2 of 15 wins when coming from behind. And I've said this every single game, and it must come true in this game, or we're going to have a lot of trouble. We must start early and often and score three touchdowns early because them coming back, is not very likely. It's a very small percentage. So the Raiders in our offense must get the ball going. Now, their defense is strong, very strong. And uh, they're going to be ready to play the Raiders at their house. Nice thing is, it's going to be warm, good weather. If the Raiders can play like they did last week, we should get the W. We should beat Tampa Bay. There's no reason. Jameis Winston, once pressured, He is a spastic quarterback, and the turnover battle should be won because they're minus three generally overall. So we should get the turnover battle, especially uh, if we can pressure Winston. That depends on the defense. This defense has to win uh, by knocking Winston off his game and uh, pressuring him. But, boy, they've got some great blockers on their offensive line And those tight ends are also very good at the blocking game. It's not going to be an easy game for the Oakland Raiders. But like we have all season, and like I've said all season, the Raiders must win on offense. We must come out early, often, and not be the Musgrave, Muskrat, conservative offense. Can't do it. we got to go for their throat early and put them on the ropes Because this is a team that can't come back. That is the key to this game. Their special teams is also very good. Their special team gunners are very fast, very strong, and have caused a lot of turnovers so far in the season. Marquette King is the stud of the league. 
I have no problem calling him that. Our special teams must play the best they've ever played because this is going to be a special team field position matchup, and uh, the Raiders should win this game. I'm hoping that our team shows up. I hope they play well. They played well away all season. I expect nothing less in this game. I'm worried more about the home games, believe it or not. We should beat the Buccaneers. We should beat them solidly by at least two touchdowns. I say that because I know it to be true. And uh, we got to put we got to put the pedal to the metal early and make them work hard to try to come back and win this game. But we can't quit in the third quarter. We can't show nothing in the third quarter. We must show up. We have to continue to score. I would love to see this be a statement game for the offense. I'd love for them to pay back the Buccaneers for our Super Bowl loss by slapping 50 points on them. That's my wish. I think they can do it. I'd love to see them do it and shut these Buccaneer fans up because I'm actually sick of hearing about it. They are very prideful there. They think they can beat the Raiders, and I think they can't. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, it's time for the bone line. It's here from the fans. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. I just asked one thing. Uh, one thing, and you've noticed the, the tone of my shows might be different, but there it is. I'd like for the fans to cut down on the cussing. I feel bad that the youth have to listen to that. I, myself, I'm knocking it off. I don't need it, and neither do you. So for our next few shows, I'm hoping that we can eliminate some of those F-bombs because, uh, well, quite honestly, I don't like them. So without further ado, let's get in to the bone line. And our first caller is the Cactus Raider. What is happening, brother? Let us know how you're feeling, man. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, uh... First time listening this season, first time caller uh, from Arizona, Cactus Raiders. Pretty happy with this game. Felt like they all played pretty pretty damn good. Happy to have Latavius Murray back. Um, still, though, man, seems like we start getting ahead and damn defense and offense. I mean, these play calls, man. Seems like we get ahead and we just decide to take a step back. And it's going to continue biting us in the ass, but today we pulled the win. Hopefully the chemistry starts driving and these damn coordinators stop, you know, calling some better plays, but I'm just getting sick and tired of seeing play after play of just short passes behind the scrimmage line. But pulled out the win. Everybody came out big. Peace. Well, first, thanks for the call, brother. And yes, I totally agree with you. The rest of us see the same thing. It's a great win, but it was a lame win when he talked about coaching, the defense, and especially uh, the best part of our team is the offense. And we're not using it the way it should be used. We see the talent, but we don't see the talent in the offensive coordinator. I feel you, bro. Totally. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is Keith. 
calling from Sonora, California. What's happening, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Keith calling from Sonora, California. Um, right after the Jags game, yeah, they won 33-16. to 16. But the play of the fucking game was the bad snap on the punt and Marquette King saving the coaching staff and that football team from blowing it. Uh, this team's got a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems. I don't care if they just won 33 to 16. They played a shitty team that if it wasn't for that snap, if he doesn't block that and take it and, and get a first down, that's a touchdown for the Jags, and they're only two points behind. And the Raiders wouldn't have gotten that last touchdown. They got a lot of things to clean up, and they better figure it out soon. Um, because it doesn't get any easier, like you said last week. It's not going to get any easier on that schedule. Five and two is nice. Make it six and two. Come back home for Denver. Uh, Got to beat Tampa Bay. Come back home six and two against Denver. And I think everything will be all right from there. Maybe Denver loses tomorrow night against Houston. I hope so because that that put us in first place and we'd be feeling real good. But they got to clean up a lot of things, man. They got to clean up a lot of things. But it feels good to be five and two. I'm not going to complain. I love the win. I just, man. Ugh. You know, we got to score touchdowns instead of field goals. Six nothing in the first quarter. You know, first quarter. God, we're not talking about any of this stuff. It's fourteen nothing. They would have ended up scoring forty-three or forty-four points. Got to figure it out, and I hope they do. And I think they will get it done. But it's not just Ken Norton too. The offensive coach is. Yeah, I don't know why you're throwing when you had third down and eight with two minutes left, and you're throwing a ball. You know, I just I, I they ended up scoring. But it's like, ooh, and why is Del Rio allowing that? Del Rio is starting to make me upset a little bit. Hopefully they get it figured out. And uh, that's all I got to say, I guess. Kind of went too long. Um, Go Raiders. No, brother, you didn't go too long. And you said exactly what I've been saying the entire time. Musgrave is lame. And if not for Marquette King, yes, this would have been a nail-biter game. Against the Jaguars? Really, bro? No, no, no. This team is so far a paper tiger. We've been lucky. I mean, really lucky that that, uh, the Jags penalized themselves out of the game. Because they did. If they didn't have those penalties, we would have given over 100 yards to them. No, this is not the juggernaut Raider team that I was hoping for this year. And really, I blame the coaches. And Del Rio... Better wake up or he's going to be on the streets as well. Because uh, when they come home for Denver, bro, Denver ain't playing. And they shellacked the Texans. So we got to be ready. I don't know if we're ready for Denver. Quite honestly, I'm I'm very paranoid about that game, bro. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is my good brother, the Raider, Junkie. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is the junkie here after a big old fucking victory down in Jacksonville. I expected this to be a victory. Maybe a little tighter than what it was. But, hey, you know what? A victory is a victory. I was hoping to get this victory. Let's go on to Tampa Bay. I'm going to keep this short. Every phase of the, of the football game, 
The Raiders play was great. Defense, I can't say more than enough. That guy was a stand-up statue. He tried to run on us a little bit. We got burned here and there. But, hey, we held together defensively. Offensively, we took care of business. First half, we got too many field goals, which I thought we should have had maybe another touchdown or so in the first half. But don't matter. The thing is, we responded in the second half, and we got the victory. So let's move on to Tampa Bay. Raider Nation, I call for the sweep. And we can sweep this next week. And beat Tampa Bay, I don't give a fuck what the score is, as long as we get that W. Then head home against the Bronco Hose. If everything comes right, Raider Nation, we could be 72-63 at the most. Now, I predicted 63 up to the break. But 72, fuck, we're looking playoff bound. But let's see what happens one game at a time. Hopefully, in Tampa Bay, we don't slip up and get big-headed. We take care of business, Raider Great. So let's see what happens this week, Raider Nation. I'm hoping for the sweep. Like I say, I predicted the sweep. Don't let me down, Raiders. So let's see what happens. Until then, Raider Great, I'm out. Well, I have to disagree, bro. We squeezed out a win just barely. Our offense played okay. The defense played okay. And if it wasn't for Marquette King, we might have lost. No, this wasn't the dominant performance I expected uh, over a team that should have lost. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay is not going to be a walk in the park either, bro. I'm not counting that chicken because that egg is still in the basket. No, we have to really beat Tampa Bay and we should beat them soundly, but we'll see. Our offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators are uh, they're, they're lacking, bro. And I got to tell you this. Even if we win Tampa Bay, I have very big reservations about playing Denver because they're playing, and they're playing well. Unlike us on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they're doing just enough on offense. Uh, we got to talk about this game when it gets here. But uh, the curse of the Raiders playing at home could continue. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, my stomach's sick already thinking about it, bro. But we got this next game coming up. Let's hope we win. Uh, it's not a shoe-in, brother. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is the Carson Raider. What's happening in Carson, brother? What's up, Raider Greg? This is the Carson Raider. <laughs> What's up, man? Hope you're doing good. I uh, hope you're smiling after this uh, win. Now, I already picked that we were going to beat the Jaguars. I'm not scared of the Jaguars. I'm scared of the real bullies of the AFC. I'm talking about the Steelers, the Patriots. I mean, the Raiders are a good team, man. We're no pushovers. It's just we got to get over that hump to play those good 
really good teams. You know what I mean? Uh, defense played better today, but then again, it's against the Jaguars, but you still saw the improvement. No guys were stacking off. There was a little bit less of those bonehead plays, but I still do believe we need to get rid of Ken Orton Jr. Uh, I still feel like we need an actual guy who knows about his X's and O's, uh, who could help Del Rio come up with a scheme that's you know, that uses all this talent on the defensive side of the ball. But overall, man, great win. I've been a Raider fan since since I was a kid. You know, I haven't, honestly, this is the first season <laughs> that I can say that they are actually 5-2. and two. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ, I mean, that's incredible. I'm enjoying this win, man. No matter if, you know, if we become... A one team, a one win show in the playoffs. I'm still glad we made it there, man. That was an accomplishment we never thought would happen years back. Uh, so yeah, go Raiders, man. Uh, I know we're gonna beat the Bucks as well. I'm confident about that. I just, I just want the defense to gel a little bit more. Uh, I want the offense to be a little bit more, uh, more potent than it already is. Well, thank you guys uh, for always doing everything that you do. Uh, shout out to the Raider Nation out there and go Raiders. All right, I'm out. Well, you're worried about those teams, the Steelers and the Patriot Rats. I'm worried about Denver and Kansas City because we're nowhere near uh, the Steelers and the Patriots. We got to go through Denver and Kansas City, which is my fear because the way we're playing, bro. We ain't going to get there. And as far as playoffs, dude, if we get there with the rest of the schedule, I will be impressed. Very. But we got to win our division. And so far, my friend, I ain't feeling it. Uh, Not the way we're playing. Norton's got to go. And Musgrave needs to go. Because he has more talent and he is misusing it absolutely every game. I haven't seen a smooth game yet. I haven't seen a rhythmic offense through the whole game this year. And if you don't have it, bro, we ain't going no place. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is my good brother, Raider Jesse James from Dallas, Texas. Guy's very cerebral. He knows what's up. What's going on, brother? Raider Greg, my brother. I hope you're back safe from vacation. Raider Jesse James, Dallas, Texas. Hope everybody's doing great out there. Feels good to be five and two. I'm not gonna lie. You know, there's a little bit of you know uh, how did we get here? But you know what, Raider Greg, that's what my call is about. At the end of the day, we're here. We we got here. We did it. Nobody did it. We did it. You know what I mean? Four and on the road. Uh, I think we're like one in two uh, at home, and I, I agree with you with Carr at home. I don't know if he gets nervous, he's overwhelmed. I agree with that. But here's here's the reason for my call, Raider Craig. We are five and two as right now Tampa Bay game, and we're on top of our division, and we've gotten by without a full fucking game, and by that I mean we haven't played the best football. We can play as a squad. I don't say we as a player, but you know what I mean. Imagine if the Raiders played 100% potentially 
at their full potential, like for real, what we have, man, we honestly, we wouldn't be no five and two right now. So to me, the fact that we're five and two and the way we're playing right now, getting with these wins or whatever, well, you want to call any excuses you guys want to make? There's a lot. It's pretty amazing, though. It really is. So I want the nation to kind of take a, take a step back. Anybody calling in to complain about this and that, take a step back, man. Be grateful of what we're at, what we're doing. It is frustrating. I'm a big diehard Raider fan. Trust me. I know the issues and the flaws we have. But at the same time, take a deep breath, realize that this is pretty cool. Because it could be the other way. We could be two and five. So that's all I'm saying. Bring on the bucks. Let's get this going. I believe that with the time, we will get better, hopefully, in the defensive side. Either way, Raider Nation, I'm out. Y'all be safe. Go Raiders! Well, there you go, man. I, I agree. I mean, it's great to have these wins. And I am happy that we have them because if this team ever does do exactly what you say, which is play at their potential, and that's that's what's so frustrating to those of us who are complaining, bro, is the potential of the players and the talent on this team is far better than what they're showing. And that, my friend is all about coaching. As you know, I'm not ungrateful that we're 5-2. and two. I'm surprised. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised we're 5-2. and two. I am happy that we're 5-2. and two. But if we ever got it together, and if we ever played a total game, offense, defense, special teams, doing what I know they can, we're going to be dominant. We will be a dominant player in the league. But until then, you know, we're paper tiger, bro. And at any moment, some could light a match and burn us right up. So let's get through Tampa. And then the test of the year will be the Denver Broncos at home. That will be a contest. It's a make or break for me. If we can't beat them at home, well... You know what, bro? Going to be the long rest of the season. Got to enjoy it because, yeah, it's got some victories in it, but not the ones I know we could have. Dominant games over these weak teams we've been beating. And that's about it, bro. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is Dre Day Raider. What's up, brother? What's happening, Raider Nation? What's happening, Raider Green? This is your boy, Drake A. Raider. Man, what a win. What a win. And you know Jack wanted this one. Uh got to say, man, the defense really stepped up today. They looked horrible against that loss of the Chiefs. They accepted the challenge, and they made Bortles look very, very pedestrian. It just reaffirms that Carr was the real deal that came out of that draft class, not Bortles. The quality win, we're the better team, made them look inferior, and they weren't fair. The game was never in their control. All around, quality win against an inferior competition. I want to see this happen with superior competition at home. That's to be seen. Crabtree, pro bowl status. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The guy laid an egg last week, came back, dominated. 
you know, Cooper couldn't get it done. And let's be honest, Jalen Ramsey was on his sack the whole game. So what do you do? You go to that savvy vet, and he starts making plays, after play, after play, which he's been doing all year. This just reaffirms he is the number one receiver. No doubt about it. When first place, baby, they can't take that away from us. And thing is, good teams, they find ways to win. And that's what the Raiders are doing. They're finding ways to win. Can't look back. Just moving forward. First place, all good. Loving it. This is Dre Day Raider. I'm out. Well, first, I love the positive attitude, bro, but this is no quality win. And I'll I'll stand up and tell anybody that. This is not a quality win. We were close to blowing it at the end of the end of the game. And a sputtering offense and a defense against an inferior team. I mean the Jaguars are garbage. They're garbage. We should have shellacked them by 40 points. It didn't happen. We got to win. I'll take that. I'll take being top of the division. But if you're thinking we're going to go to the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl, man, that ain't going to happen. Not with this team. Not unless we play with all of our potential. And that goes to coaching. And unless we fix that, you know, we'll see what it goes. I'm going to ride, ride the rest of the season. I'm happy we're, we're five wins, five and two. But uh, it's paper tiger, bro. I'm telling you right now. Unless they clean it up, they're going to come home to Denver, and Denver's going to literally destroy us. Literally. Uh, And I ain't kidding. Thanks for the call, brother. Our next caller is The Prez from R-N-O-M. I like this guy. What do you have for us, brother? Good morning. Raider Greg and Randy. And the Raider Nation. This is the Prez, the founder of RNOM, and yes, Southern Lions Raider Nation as well, also too, sending a very hearty welcome to all the Raider Nation on a victory over the Jaguars. However, comma, I would like to speak on a few things. I don't want to piss on our parade. We won the game, indeed we do. But we have to address the red zone. We have to score. We got to execute. I'm glad T-Train came back. You know, I know I kind of bust his balls and I kind of, you know, kind of gave him a hard time, but he was kind of a little missed, and I kinda, I'm kind of, i very glad that he executed and he came back. Uh, we still have some mission with stopping that run. The run, the run, the run, the damn bloody dreaded run. What is it that we can't just – Stop the run. And I know we're improving somewhat. But the quarterback got a nice burst, I saw. I also saw that, you know, the gentleman had ran through um, Ivory, you know, Asian-ass running back or whatever. And then there's our secondary. The secondary gets a little bit of less slack because they're coming along. They're starting to kind of jail. But damn it, man, you know, they're still throwing on us, bro, and they make some good-ass catches that we shouldn't allow. It's got to get better. Now, we paid some good money for Mr. Mann and his services, and I know that he, everybody's saying, well, he came to the, the Raiders as a brand-new format, as a brand-new team, et cetera, et cetera. Bullshit. Go back to 101, bro, and cover your man and play some fucking defense. We can't 
really just celebrate too much because Jaguars is a bullshit ass team. And when we start playing competition, I know everybody gonna say, "Hey man, every given Sunday, yeah, 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 man." But the truth lies, though, we have been winning on luck. And Lady Luck left the room, and I'm not gonna even say anything about the damn field because that's horseshit, bullshit, horseshit, man. Lady Luck left the room. We won our last games on pure luck, and we're gonna take that W. But I never was gonna sit there and just be happy with it because I know the truth lies. Like, hey man. Technically, we, we should have been pretty much a, a win to start. But I'm going to take that win, though, because a win is a win. I want the Raiders to do well, but God damn it, do something with their stock running and the pass. I'm not even going to bother to do the Las Vegas and all that stuff. Oh, I'm sick of hearing that, man. Whatever happens, happens. I, deep down inside, I, I would like to see Oakland get a brand-new stadium. And, you know, I know Mark Davis and rubble some feathers, so I'm going to just leave it at that. I don't want to even go to the division shit, man. It goes on and on. I am concerned about us with the execution and the play calling with the defense. Um, Derek Carr, my only knock on you, my brother, man, is that tunnel vision, bro. The O-line is protecting you very well. And, yes, I know everybody's going to say, yeah, he's producing and stuff like that, brother. But, man, dude, you know, um, look around a little bit more. But kudos to you, though. You could have been a whole lot worse, so I'm just going to just, you know, just get off that right there. And I've said enough. Thank you so much. I'm glad to see we're 5-2. and two. The Raider Nation is happy. It is a wonderful day in Raider Nation land. But however comma, I would be remiss if I didn't bring these key critical concerns up because it's going to heat up, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to heat up. Pretty soon, we're going to start balling. Thank you so much. And I'll see those who are going to Tampa Bay, Florida, in Florida. The prayers will be there. Raiders for life. I love this call. This is reality. And it's a reality check for everybody who just listens to me and gives me a pshaw or I'm a negative Nelly or whatever. Because the truth is the truth. Listen to the man. He said it just like it should be said. You know, we have a lots of work to do. And we can't be all giddy because we beat the Jaguars. They are garbage. We should have destroyed them. And the fact that it was so close is just unnerving. We better come home and start winning some home games because those are the people paying the money to sit in those seats and watch these games. And uh, I'm telling you, man, the schedule does not get any easier from, from here on. So, yeah, I'm happy about our wins, but I'm not liking the way we're winning. We need to win with authority, and that ain't happening. So, we got to get it together, man. Like I said, I love the take, brother. I hope you have a good time in Tampa. I hope we win there, too, because that's always nice to go to a away game and get the W. Thank you for the call and the wisdom, my brother. And our resident Raiderette, Raider Jane, from Big Bear Lake, very beautiful place, by the way, in California. Raider Jane, what is happening, girlfriend? Hi, guys. It's Raider Jane from Big Bear Lake, California. Well, we did it. Yay. We looked pretty good. We did have kind of a third quarter 
whatever. But anyway, and I saw some prevent in there towards the end. But that's okay. We won. King Crab is back. Our defense did what they needed to do. And Marquette King is worth his weight in gold. I love that man. If the playoffs were played right now, we would be the second seed in the AFC, right behind New England. But, of course, the Donkeys and Houston have to play tonight. So, anyway, I just wanted to add that little tidbit That's you know, after last week being so depressing, you know, it's like, wow, good, good week. Things are looking better. Raider Nation, baby. First, thank you for the call, young lady. It always is a pleasure to hear that feminine voice on the Raider Nation podcast. And a great take, by the way. I'm glad we're not in the playoffs yet because we got a lot to learn. I just want to see us win a home game against a division rival. Uh, Yeah, San Diego is one thing, but man, the Chiefs and the Broncos are serious. And until we can beat them decisively... I don't even want to hear the word playoff because those are the teams that are going to be the road to the playoffs. Thanks for the call, girlfriend. It's always a pleasure. Our next caller is my good brother, Sleepless in Korea. Man, that's a long way, man. What you got for the Raider Nation? What's up, Raider Nation? What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Randy? Sleepless in Korea once again. It is Monday, yes, Victory Monday, but uh, got a couple things to say. You know what, man, a win's a win in this NFL, and every win's a tough win to get. We all know that. Uh, you know, we hear the players and coaches say it every week, man. Every week's a fucking hard win to get. Uh, but this week, you know, I'm glad they got the win, but it should have been a more decisive win. I honestly feel like I, I had flashbacks of that Baltimore game. I feel like they got too comfortable too quick. They were just able to get away with it with a subpar team, uh, with the Jaguars. Jaguars ain't all that great. They're not going to be competing for shit this year. You know, uh, I'm not saying the Ravens are, but they're a hell of a lot mentally tougher team. They don't fucking quit. Uh, yesterday, like I said, they got away with it. They got away with getting too comfortable, too quick. They took their foot off the gas. They didn't pass the ball anymore. I mean, they pretty much stuck with the run. And when they did pass the ball, they were passing it down the field to score. This team has to learn... To, it goes back to Musgraves. It goes back to Bill Musgraves. This team has to learn to fucking kill teams. Fucking put your foot on their throat and end the fucking game. Snap their neck and end their fucking chances of a comeback and end their fucking hopes and dreams and desires to getting that fucking win against the Raiders that week. When they're up, they got to fucking go for the kill, dude. Go for the fucking kill. If that means you put up 55 whatever fucking points, fuck it. Do it. But you don't ever let that fucking team have a prayer a shot in the hell to fucking come back. That's the issue I had with yesterday. The defense showed up a little bit more, but I'm still not 100% happy. I'm still not impressed. I am happy that the quarterbacks did come up and play that bump-and-run coverage. That was fucking awesome. And if you saw the game, you could see how that stopped. I mean, that that threw such a fucking wrench in the timing that Blake Bortles had with his wide receivers. It was fucking beautiful. I loved it. Now that we got that shit going, we got to work on that fucking pass rush. I know that they said they blitzed and they sent five guys and this and that. Maybe something a little more exotic, man. 
But you know what? It's a great it's a great way to start, you know, working on that defense. I'm happy with it. I just want to see these guys go for the fucking kill. I want to see Carr throw for fucking 300 yards, two TDs, three TDs. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm, I'm glad Latavius Murray also came back because he played a big factor too. And I know we dogged Murray a lot, and you know we say you know he fumbles and you know he's not always very effective. But no, yesterday he was very effective, and I'm glad to have him back. But like I said, this team has to fucking go for the kill. Kill that team. Go for the gusto, man. Let's get that fucking win. Let's get that fucking decisive victory and not ever give the opposing team a shot in hell or any hopes and desires to come back. Ready, Greg? Love what you guys do, man. Keep doing it, brother. I love it. I love look forward to your podcast every fucking week, man. And if your team ain't the Raiders, then fuck your team, bitches. Raider Nation, let's keep this shit going, baby. Out. Boy, oh boy, listen to the passion in this guy. I love it. I love your call, brother. Uh, Listen, I feel exactly the same way. We should be crushing these losing teams. We should have crushed this team. But it's Musgrave's offense of, oh, we got a touchdown, let's take a break. Oh, we're ahead by a touchdown. Oh, we got 10 points ahead. Let's just stop playing. Let me tell you, he should lose his job. I've been complaining this whole time. You guys know how it is. You see the game. I'll take the W, but we're not going anywhere with this offense unless they smooth it out and start to get some rhythm. And like I said, Musgrave, he could not, he could not just think about him in a dance contest. That's all I got to say about that. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller, you know him and you got to love him. It's Keith Smith. The Crusader Raider over here for his 2016 campaign. Yes, him and the beautiful Crossbones Kelly, his lovely daughter. What great people. What's happening, my brother? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, and Crossbones Kelly calling from London, England. Uh, Looking forward to flying out tomorrow to Florida as uh, Crusader Raider and Crossbones joins the Raider Nation down in Tampa Bay, ready for the big invasion, which starts this Friday on October the 28th um, at Gaspers Grotto, 7th Avenue, Tampa, from 5 p.m. Uh, on Friday night. We're looking forward to that meet and greet there, where there'll be beer pong, flip cup quarters, live music, happy hour, live DJs, and a rooftop show. So looking forward to seeing you all guys there. And then on Saturday, um, hooking up with the Florida Raider Nation for a fundraiser night for um, the spring and for the Blitnikoff Foundation, um, where we'll be uh, meeting at Duffy's Sports Bar, and they do a special two-for-one. That's on the October 29th, fine to 11. And then, obviously, then we've got that big, huge tailgate on Sunday the 30th, um, when we were getting ready for the Raiders to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, boy, do we owe those ones uh, something Great day yesterday here in London where we, um, Raider Nation, invaded Twickenham um, for the Giants and the Rams game here in London. Not the best game in the world, but a great opportunity for us all to get together and uh, have, a, have a good time here in London. Raider Nick coming for his first game. Looking forward to Les Wilkie, me and Crossbones and uh, other people coming over for the games. Uh, some of us, are, uh, me and Kelly, are at both games uh, and the other guys are coming in for the Denver game in Oakland in a couple of weeks' time. Exciting times, five and two. Greg, you must be loving it. Um, and we we certainly are here in England. So looking forward to seeing you guys real soon. There'll be Crusader Raider patches available and, and photographs and 
um, bits and pieces when we come this time. Uh, we bring in a quantity with us, and that's uh, ten well, ten dollars donation we're asking, which is going to with all the proceeds going to the uh, Blitnikov Foundation. So. Um, Looking forward to seeing you guys soon. I know, Greg, you're, you're going to not be able to make the crab feed on Friday the 4th, which is a real shame, but hopefully you're uh, going to see a lot of our friends and, and that at the crab feed. We know we've got, eight, I think it's 86 or 96 friends coming in from the Silver and Black Empire in New York and uh, lots of other friends, local friends, and people all coming together. So I'm sure that's going to be a great night. Looking forward to seeing you, Randy and Lisa, both down in Tampa and uh, in Oakland. Busy times ahead, fun times ahead, and we're winning. Go Raiders. That is the man and his daughter coming on in. Look at this, man. This fan has been coming here for years. And think about how many winning seasons the Raiders have had. Crickets. <laughs> it's about time we had some wins. It's good to be proud of a team for a change. Um, they're winning. I just hope they win here at home. I hope they win in Tampa Bay for you guys because it's nice to see a win now and then. But, man, that Denver game, I hope the Raiders come to play for all those who travel so far to see their team. Man, oh, man, it's good to see you. It'll be great to see you guys here in Oakland uh, on the 6th. It'll be my son's birthday. We'll be celebrating that as well. Uh, Welcome to the United States, brother. It's always good. And our next caller, my very good friend and brother, Raider D from the IE. That's the Inland Empire that everybody doesn't know. What's happening, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's your boy Raider D from the IE. I'm calling from uh, over in stinky San Francisco, but I'm uh, calling about the game yesterday. Got that big win down there in Jacksonville. Um, and uh, I think we played a pretty good game, uh, pretty much our best complete game. Uh, I want to hit on a couple things. Uh, I've been waiting on uh, Del Rio or, or on them to throw a, uh, a fake punt in with, with Marquette King in because this guy's an athlete. I, I figured, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll pinch in close and leave that edge open. If he ever was to take off, He'd have a long – I mean, he'd be a long way downfield before they caught up with him. And just because of that, that bad snap, we got to see what he what he does on the edge there. And he was, he was flying. Nice little run. Great play. Derek Carr played well. Um, I'm still not happy with the play calling. We're, we're running so much stuff up the middle, off tackle. I mean, our plays are starting to uh, – we're going to be predictable. You know, our passing game is coming alive now. They're hitting some balls downfield that are just—I mean, just beautiful plays. That that uh, throw down to uh, Crabtree, Derek Carr on the run—that was just a pretty fucking play. That was just beautiful. So I mean, they're hitting on some shots downfield. The ones that we do hit are beautiful. Um, we need to start hitting some intermediate. We got We're doing short passes and bombs. We don't have anything. 16, 17 yards going in, going out. You know, uh, uh, tight end play is, is uh, back. We're back to where we were with no tight ends again. Wolford is back, but he's really not giving a whole lot. You know, I know he had, you know, he tried to take out his knee. That sucks. I, I, I wish they would call that when you go. I mean, they go 
protect the quarterback's knees, and a defenseless receiver can't get in the head, but you can hit that tight end, and these guys go at those guys' knees like, like it ain't shit, man. I think that's bullshit. Anyway, um, got Murray back. Running game kind of shored up a little bit this week. I know guys are always bagging on Murray, but see the difference with him in there. That's a big back who can pound, and they should have probably – went with some of the other backs a little bit more. And he got to, you know, I don't think Musgrave, it's not the brightest uh, uh, OC uh, out there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's up with the dude, but we need to, you know, basically you want to hit him with the big guy, wear down the defensive line, and then bring in the speed backs. And these guys are slower. This guy is hitting the hole twice as fast as the guy who went through there earlier to, in the first quarter, uh, second quarter. And, and, you know, that's how you beat the shit out of people like that. That's what people are going to do to us. You know, you're going to get somebody who's going to hit that hole, hit that hole, hit that hole, and then you're going to have a guy to go flying through there like fucking grease lightning. Anyways, uh, probably going long. Just wanted to, uh, you know, drop a call in. A lot of people calling in with some negative shit over the last couple of weeks. Man. It's hard to listen to it. You know, some of it's true. Some of it's just fucking whining. Uh, and I'm not going to do that. Um, you won't see me coming here talking about how shitty the Raiders are. That's just something that just don't come out of my mouth, bro. I'm fucking, I like my team. We'll get better. We're going to win this motherfucker eventually. Anyways, it's your boy Raider D. I'm out. Well... You can just put me in the class of whining because I'm whining about Musgrave. You just talked about him. I'm whining about Norton. Listen, bro, we've got the talent. You know it. You know we do. I'm glad we got the W. I'm happy about the way we play. We played better, but we played the Jaguars, bro. The Jaguars. We're not playing the Patriots or, you know, a contender, the Broncos or... You know, anybody that's on the way up. Uh, so I I, I got to have my reservations until we turn things around and have a decisive victory. And I think a decisive victory is just putting the pedal to the metal and crushing a team. Any team. And we have the talent to do it, but that's what's so frustrating. Nobody's against the Raiders. Nobody's dogging the Raiders. If you're a Raider fan, you want them to win. But you see the potential, and it's just killing me to see that they're not using it the way they should be. Murray's the man. You know, without him, uh, those scatbacks we have ain't going nowhere. And you're right, we should wear them out with Murray and hit them up with the other two guys. But Musgrave must go. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Bone. He's up in the house. What's up, my brother? Raider Greg. Raider Randy, it's Raider Bone. Hope you had a good time in life. Hope you're feeling better. Okay, going to the hot, the cold weather, you know, kind of screws with you. Everybody's getting sick around here. I don't know how it is over there, but uh, reason I'm calling the Raiders. The Raiders played their best game on Sunday in my book. Looking good. That was the best showing I saw all year. Everybody's doing what they got to do. We're in Florida for the week. We're going to take that other game against Tampa Bay. Marquette King is fire. 
Janikowski is fire. Special teams doing it up all game long, every week. Love those guys. Love them. And I love the Raider Nation. Raider Bones, I'm out. Yeah, I have to say this is the most, I guess, complete game, which is sad. Because we played the Jaguars, man. We played the Jaguars. I mean, if we can't put a game together against the Jags, and we have no business playing, period. We shall see against Tampa Bay. They have a better team. And we'll see if we can improve. I'm looking for improvement. So if we can keep going forward, making improvements on changes, we have to change. Because if we don't change, every team's going to figure us out, man. And, uh, well, you know how I feel. But we're winning. We're winning so far, 5-2. and two. I ain't going to complain. Let's go ahead and get us another one and make it 6-2. and two. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is G.I. Rada. Out of Texas. What's happening, man? What's going on, Raider Nation? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. It's G.I. Raider again, calling from Houston, Texas, after a W. I just want to say the team's looking really good. Defense much improved. Um, nothing to phone home about playing against the Jaguars, but um, heck of an effort out there compared to what we've been doing. Didn't look like the 32nd ranked defense in the league, I'll say that much. Um, looking forward to the next game, staying down in Florida. Uh, Going to go out to Tampa and kick some ass for sure. Um, they have uh, They have no running game, but they could give our secondary – the problem is a little worried about that. And then we bring it back home to take out the Broncos and head into the bye week, um, leading the division as we are now. That's all I got for now. Stay up, Raider Nation. Well, I certainly hope that's how it rolls. <laughs> that would be the best way to end the first part of the season before the bye week. I'd love to see us beat the Broncos at home. I'd love to see us beat anybody at home, actually. I'd love us to play a complete game at home. That would be a pleasure because I'll be standing there, brother. Um, Yeah, that was our complete game. It was against the Jags. You got to be happy about it. Hopefully, we've learned some lessons for our next contest and we can take it to Tampa Bay and then bring home a 6-2 and before we face the hoes in the house. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller, Jersey Boy Rada. Representing the East today. What's happening, my brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is your boy, Jersey boy, Raider. I got to first off say, Raider Greg, I hope you're feeling better. Sound like you're a little under the weather, and that's because of that horrible Chief game. I hope you had a great time in Hawaii. I'd love to go back myself. So, hope you had a great trip. Welcome back. Uh, as, as ugly as the Chief game was, this is a game that we had to have. This Jacksonville game, and we did it. And we did what good teams do. After such a horrible loss, we came back, bounced back, and won the game. Uh, you were about half right, Raider Greg. You said we'd score about 30 points. We're right on. But it wasn't close. Matter of fact, this game was over at the half when we did something that I've been wanting the Raiders to do for years, for years. Take a shot before the half. You held them to a field goal, right? We get the ball back. And Carr, down the field, the crab, takes it down, we get the touchdown. That's what good teams do. 
that game was over at that point, 20 to six, because we didn't even have to really, we didn't really pass the ball in the second half. Maybe a little too conservative. We all talk about Musgrave. We know how conservative he is. But that game was over. It was the first time you can actually – it was a boring. It was, the game was over. Great job all around. Defense stepped up. We dominated in all phases of the game. And we were completely dominated in all phases of the game the week before against the Chiefs. So, obviously, these guys got, you know, chewed out. Good week of practice. They're out there, you know, for a whole week now, 10 days. we got the Bucks coming up next. Another very winnable game. But to be honest with you, I'm not – Overly impressed by this win. Had to beat Jacksonville. And you have to beat the Buccaneers. Have to. Then you go into the Denver game. We have to win this next game. i got to say, Clark bounced back. I know he's taking a lot of He's not doing well at home. But i got to tell you guys, get off a car. you got to get off of him. I mean, Mac is not having a great year. Okay, Cooper, he's getting better, but he still has some big drops, okay? I don't even know if he's your number one. I'd say Crab is your number one. When it's a two-point conversion, you have to the game in New Orleans. Where's the ball going? It's going to crap. In Baltimore, when I was there watching these guys live, it was crap. Don't forget, it was Carr. After Washington put the ball on the carpet, it was Carr that drove the team down the field and got the, got the win. So, guys, you got to get off of Carr. He's, I can't believe Raider fans, who I love, are calling our quarterback garbage. That's unbelievable. So, move on from that. Um, Amerson, he's leading the league, I believe, since last year and passed the defender. I know he's had some tough spots this year, but I'm telling you, the guy's making plays. You know, Reggie Nelson's got to step up a little more, came up with a pick there. But, um, you know, Mac looks like he's starting to come into it a little bit more uh, with uh, Urban. You know, he's he seems like he's he's stepping, he's still setting back a little bit in the coverage. Um, Norton does not blitz these guys. He blitzes our front four, and he's really got to start getting some more some more pressure on the quarterback. I thought we got more pressure on borders, um, but we, we we could get a lot more. And I hope we're going to be doing that in the next couple weeks, especially with Denver. So, um, you know, like I said, it was a game that we had to have. We got the W all around. Yeah, we'll take it. We're 5-2 and two Raider fans. All right, so let's just be happy. Let's go 6-2, and two, and then we'll have Denver coming into town. We we, we beat Denver, and we're 7-2? and two? Are you kidding me? This, this would be awesome. We'll be in first place. And then we just got to take care of business towards the end of the year. We got three big games towards the end of the year with our division. We take care of that, guys. We can win the division. So, Raider Greg, thank you so much for everything that you do. I really do appreciate it. And I know you were down, but I hope this win got your spirits back up a little bit. Definitely did for me. All right, guys. Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, first, thanks for the call, brother. And, yeah, Hawaii was awesome. Uh, The only bad thing about Hawaii was coming home to the freezing cold wind and rain and having the flu. But other than that, man, it was great. Had a good time. Thank you for that. Um, now, I don't ever call Carr a garbage. I've never called him garbage. Some of the fans have. Hey, that's their opinion. I don't think he's garbage. I think he has room for improvement, but I don't think that's all on him. I think that's all on our offensive coordinator, which is a buffoon. Yes, at the half, we had the game won, but we almost let them back at the end so that we would have to go for another miracle win. We must put our foot on their necks, and by the third quarter, they got to be looking at each other going, there's no way we're coming back. We have that kind of offense, bro. We have the talent to do it. Why not 
It's play calling. It's coaching, coaching, coaching. The defense stepped up a little in this game, but let's all remember we played the lowly basement-dwelling Jaguars. So a win is a win. If we can beat Tampa Bay, that's 6-2. and two. And my brother, if we can beat the Broncos at home and go into the bye week 7-2, and two, I will be whistling <laughs> every day. I will be so, we better be ready for the playoffs then. Because that is the game that is going to show whether we're ready or not for prime time. The Denver game at home will show whether we're ready to make that next step towards the Super Bowl. Because uh, that at home, first of all, it's at home. Second of all, the weather could be questionable. And third of all, it's a, the most division hated division rival we have. And those things together, I mean, Carr gets very antsy. You see it. It's not just me. I'm not just saying something out of the air. He he gets very stressed when he plays in front of the home crowd. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Uh, and our coaching staff better to get together. Let's go to Tampa Bay and get a W before we talk about all this. But that. That would be a dream scenario, my friend. I thank you for the call and the well wishes for sure, uh, very much. Well, that is an edition of uh, the Raider Nation podcast for this week. Thank you all for listening. I know this is kind of an odd show, but it has to be because I'm changing. And uh, I'm changing and rearranging in the best way possible. God bless the Raider Nation, each and every one. Blessings on you throughout this week. And let's just get these this W in Tampa Bay. I know we can do it. You know we can. Let's just stand by our team. All you guys in Tampa having a good time. Let it roll, man, because I'm going to hear you guys on the TV because the nation will be in the house. Uh, matter of fact, they're calling for their fans not to sell tickets to the Raider fan. That never works. <laughs> let's get these bucks. That's what I got to say, and that's all I got to say about that. I am Raider Craig, and I am out.